Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Hello, everyone. This is Sherry Beck with Behind the Warrior podcast. And today on our podcast, I have Justin Hamilton. Justin is a veteran Air Force EOD technician, and he's also the vice president and personal mortgage banker for the Federal Savings Bank. Justin, welcome to Behind the Warrior podcast. Thank you for taking time to chat with me today. And before we get too far in the weeds, I'd love to just know um, a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on here. Um, I grew up in a small town in Illinois, about two hours outside of Chicago called Dakota. Uh, It's a really small farming town of about 300 people. I grew up playing sports, hunting, and working on the, the farm with my grandparents, but I currently live in San Antonio, Texas. Cool. What did you What did you play in high school? What was your sport of choice? I played basketball, although not very well, and also <laughs> played played football my senior year. Okay, cool. Um, well, why why did you choose the Air Force and the EOD career field, Justin? So after uh, high school, after graduating high school, I went to college for a year, and then nine eleven happened. So I finished the semester. I was in. I was actually going to school in South Carolina at the time. Uh, I moved back home to Illinois and decided I wanted to enlist. Uh, my dad was in the Navy. My grandfather was in the Army. I had an uncle in the Marine Corps and an uncle that was actually a recruiter in the Air Force. And I consulted with all of them and talked through my options. And every single one of them recommended the Air Force for quality of life. And so I ultimately enlisted in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you had a long, you have a a good solid history of military service in your family then. Yes, Mm ma'am. Awesome. Well, once you enlisted in the Air Force, were you automatically, was EOD your MOS immediately or or did you have to do some time in the Air Force first and then transition into EOD? So that's actually a funny story. Um, When I met with the recruiter after deciding I wanted to join the Air Force, um, I really wanted a challenging job. Um, so took the ASVAB and was presented with a, a few options. And I decided I wanted to be a combat controller. I thought that would be you know, extremely difficult. And with the advice of my recruiter, he told me I should pick a job that I would want to do if I had failed out of CCT pipeline because it had a really high attrition rate. So EOD sounded amazing, um, doing VIPs and the counter IED mission and all that. It sounded sounded great. So I signed a contract to actually go EOD with the atten- um, intention of going CCT after basic training. Well, little did I know that when I got to basic, I was told that EOD was a critically manned career field. And that since I'd signed a contract, I had to go to EOD school. Well, First day at EOD school, I learned that it also has a really high attrition rate and that 80% of the kids in the classroom weren't going to make it through school. Right. So I wasn't too pleased with my recruiter at the time, but it ended, ended up working out well for me, and I, I love being a part of the EOD career field. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, on our pre-call, 
you told me that you spent about five years as an EOD technician and made a few deployments and then separated from the service to do some contracting work overseas. And what was that transition like, uh, Justin, from military service to uh, contracting work? It was a bit rough for me. Uh, I didn't have a plan when I was going to to get out. I didn't seek out a mentor while I was while I was in. You know, somebody that would guide me and help me make choices for my career. And so, I ultimately got some bad advice from people that were outside of the military and ended up getting out. So, once I separated, I didn't know what I was going to do. And so, um, I was a bit had a lot of regret that I got out and I was ashamed and felt like I'd let down a lot of people in the career field. It meant a lot to me. So within two months of getting out, I was in Iraq on a, on a contract um, doing EOD work, carrying out an EOD mission and ended up meeting some prior air force EOD guys and some army EOD guys that I got to be really close with. And then actually ran across a lot of, Text that I was in the service with while we were over there and ultimately ended up spending a little over a year in country. Wow. Wow. And did you, did you just um, do one contract job overseas or was it a multiple, like, did you do more than that? I did a couple mm-hmm. in Iraq and then I, I did about six months in Korea near the DMZ mm. clearing landmines um, in ordinance from the Korean War. Wow. Wow. That had to be a different gig, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, you know, learned a lot, but it was it was great still carrying out an EOD mission even though I was I was out. Yeah, for sure. Well, you've we've talked a little bit about um you at at a couple of different times in your life, um you you feeling kind of lost and Will you share that story and and what that was like, and how did you overcome how did you overcome that feeling? Sure. So the first time was right when I got out. I didn't have a plan and was super lost. Didn't know what I was going to do. I had actually intended to go to school, but I didn't know that shortly after getting out, I would regret it so much. And so that's why I jumped on that contract and and took the opportunity to go to Iraq. Um, the second time was after I had been doing contract work for about 10 years, uh, I felt really stagnant and, um, I needed a, a challenge. So I decided to, to go to law school and while I was in law school, um, not about halfway through, I realized that it wasn't what I wanted to do. And um, I was actually approached by one of the army techs that I worked with in Iraq, Matt Cook, about this crazy idea of driving to Mongolia. And so we planned that trip for about six months. And, and myself and, and Matt and Tyler Reeser, an Air Force EOD guy, we spent six weeks in this little-ass car driving from London to Mongolia, covered about 10,000 miles. And we just had a ton of time in that car together talking and a lot of time to think. And just along that trip, I realized that I was, I was depressed and I hated being in law school and I didn't like the career path that it was putting me on. 
So I decided to withdraw and um, try to find something else. But just being on that trip, I think, really helped me get over that feeling of being lost and knowing I needed to do something else. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you you give a lot of um, pause and merit to the fact that sometimes you truly just need to to take a break and really try to focus on weeding out what's the positives and the negatives in your life, you know, and trying to find a new path. So I, um, I think that's pretty, pretty cool that you, you had the time to do that, Justin. Yeah, absolutely. And I had just don't, God bless my wife. Uh, we had only been married for about a month when I took off, uh, to drive across the world. So, um, but it was super rewarding and I'm, I'm glad I was able to do that. Yeah. So tell me again, how long did it take you to do 10,000 miles? It was about six, six weeks, roughly. Wow. Wow. It was eleven. Um, we were able to, the, the ultimate goal of the trip was to raise money for the EOD Warrior Foundation mm-hmm. and also to support the EOD techs that were in Europe, overseas that we had access to. And we ended up being able to go to about five different units, uh, met with them, and you know, did some morale events. And it was just a great opportunity to get out amongst people in the career field. Yeah, that's awesome. I hope you documented a lot of that through pictures and stuff like that. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, well, as you mentioned, you um, spent about 10 years in the contracting world, and we're looking for a career that was a little more stable. Certainly, law school did not didn't pan out for you um, for a variety of reasons. And I think I remember you telling me it was just, it just wasn't what you wanted to do with your life. Um, It just didn't feel, feel good. Um, So I think that's really good recognizing that. And you um, were married um, to your lovely wife, Christine, and you wanted to start a family and didn't really want a career that potentially was going to have you um, separated from from your wife and children so much. So um, I know we spoke about on the pre-call about Voc Rehab and, um, of course, the law school you've already mentioned, and then, you know, your your move to the finance world. So tell me about the Voc Rehab experience that you had. Sure. So after coming back from the trip and in law school, I still didn't have a plan. So clearly I'm a slow learner and don't plan things out. But I decided to utilize the sources that the VA provided. And I went to Voc Rehab, and uh, took a ton of tests. And my goal there was to try to get some help finding a job that would, would make a good career for me and, and satisfy the goals that I had. Um, so while going through Voc Rehab, you know, I basically learned that I needed to do something that gave me a sense of purpose and allowed me to give back. And and so with that, um, you know, I ended up in the finance industry, which was just a unique way. It's an interesting story of how I, I came about this job, but it's really allowed me to to get that fulfillment that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, can you tell our listeners your approach in finding the right fit and um, how 
the Federal Savings Bank actually was really a catalyst for you to to find it. And I think the way that you kind of sought them out was really unique and um, would love for you to tell that story. Sure. So I started attending veterans networking events and, and job fairs in the Chicago area. Um, in fact, I went to one job fair and, you know, put on a suit, had the resume and did all that. And I walked in and it was really overwhelming. I wasn't prepared. And I found myself just standing in a corner and I didn't do anything. I left mm. and it was, you know, super awkward. And I, you know, and I was like, I really need to put myself out there and do, do more of these. And I reached out to another air force EOD tech, um, Dan Acosta, and he put me in touch with this organization called Bunker Labs, which is a, a think tank, and they help veterans launch careers, uh, entrepreneurs. Um, they hosted an event that I went to, and you know I was a lot more comfortable because I knew it was geared towards veterans, and so that everybody in there had something in common. And while I was there, I met an employee of the bank. And I started talking to him about what he did and, you know, was learning about VA loans. Um, it piqued my interest. So I asked him if I could job shadow him and he said, sure. So I, I was like, I want to come in and work with you on a day that you least like your job. And he's like, definitely come in on Tuesdays. I don't like Tuesdays. <laughs> so, so I did, I jumped at that opportunity. I went in on a Tuesday, watched what he did. Um, I actually ended up meeting one of the owners of the bank and talked with him and, you know, they mentioned that they had a position open. They took a gamble on me, offered me a job and you know, I think it's worked out well for them and it certainly has worked out well for me. So I'm extremely grateful for them taking that opportunity or, and, and giving me that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, they took a chance and I, I really admire the fact that you you sort of had a, a vision of what you wanted um, to ask them before you even um, approach them. Like, can I, can I job shadow? Um, you know, I'm not sure how many businesses would be absolutely open to that, you know, on the fly. And, and I think I give them a lot of credit too, for just being like, well, well, okay. You know, sounds good. So I yeah, like it. Yeah. They're a veteran-owned bank, and so okay. you know the fact that I was also in the service um, appealed to them, and that's one of the things that drew me to them is I knew they were service-oriented and they wanted to you know, give back to veteran the veteran mm -hmm. community. Very cool. Um, the you mentioned something. Um, I know Dan Acosta; he's a good guy, and you mentioned that he referred you to. Did I hear this correctly? Bunker Labs is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so. Is that still something that veterans today can actually go and, uh, you know, participate in, in some of their programs or what have you to try and find the right fit for them? Uh, yes, um, they're actually growing quite a bit. They were originally only in Chicago, but they have satellite branches across the country now. Mm -hmm. um, it's something if, if people are interested in being an entrepreneur, I would you know, definitely recommend that they look them up. They host events, um, networking events like the one I went to. It's a good organization. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I will definitely list it on on the write up um, when I do this because uh, 
you know, that's that's what the podcast is about, sharing resources and stories. So I like it. Um, well, Justin, with all of the turns and changes that have led you where you are now, um, you are you are successful in the finance industry and you have a strong desire in helping military families. So how tell me how you're helping them and, and why this is so important to you. So the biggest way I'm able to help military families is by providing, you know, financial advice to them and helping, helping them build wealth through homeownership. Um, you know, through this position, I'm able to, uh, I've been able to help people from everywhere from like E1 to well-established officers that come to me for guidance and, and I can help them, you know, manage, manage their money and and really learn how to leverage their benefits um, through the VA loan. It's a great great product that a lot of people don't know about, or there's a lot of misconceptions about it. So I educate them and help them utilize that to to meet their financial goals and, and give them a place to take care of their family. Um, I'm also able to you know, help a lot of people save money through refinances if that's what makes sense to them. Last year was big for that. I helped uh, over 100 families, you know, save save money and and set their families up for for success. And um, you know, so I help them by by coaching them through the home buying process to ensure they know what's happening. And and the biggest part of what I do to help them is just to make sure that they're not getting ripped off. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of predatory lenders out there institutions that operate under the guise that they're veteran friendly. And in my opinion, they're not, but it's in my heart to, to help people. And I take it personally when somebody gets taken advantage of um, and they come to me and they, you know, they ask for advice on the current loan that they're going through. And I explain to them what's happening. And ultimately they end up allowing me to help them. And, you know, I can ensure that they are getting taken care of. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it can be very complicated and uh, it's it's overwhelming. And to have somebody help guide you through that um, so that you can understand and make the best decisions for you, your your future really um, is is really good. So thank you for thank you for helping our military families. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, well, I have a, a side question on that. Um, Justin, what do you offer anything um, for people who may be in a situation of struggling with their mortgage right now or struggling to find a home in this very um, aggressive market that we're in right now? I mean, it's a great market for sellers, but, um, you know, the prices are just creeping up higher and higher and higher. So um, how does someone, you know, even not that I'm trying to get like financial advice over this podcast, but it it seems to be a common theme that I am hearing is that people are having difficulty finding a home that is actually affordable in the way that if they buy it, buy high, then maybe in five years, they're going to be, you know, um, under and, and not even be able to potentially sell their home for what they purchased it for. So um, any, any sort of like, I don't know, sound advice or anything like that, that we can throw out there for that. 
Sure. So it's definitely an interesting time in real estate. Like you said, it's a seller's market and homes are going for, they're being purchased for over appraised value. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's a challenge to, for veterans to utilize their VA loans right now. Um, there are a lot of misconceptions about them. So sellers and, and listing agents don't look favorably upon them. So a huge part of my job is to work with my clients and help them figure out what their options are for financing, you know, whether that be a conventional loan or a VA loan. And so we go through their options and find out what's going to help them meet their goals. And then when it comes time for them to put in an offer, I spend a lot of time talking with the listing agents and explaining to them why my clients' offers are so strong and helping them win win offers. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, t- a ton of clients right now that are are winning offers with VA loans, and, and some of that is due to them working with really strong real estate agents. I have a great network of, of agents across the country that I refer my clients to, so while working with a really strong buyer's agent and then so you know with that in working with the listing agent i'm I'm able to help my clients win offers and use utilizing their va loan benefit and putting themselves in a position to where they're not you know maybe upside down in five years and struggling with their mortgage Mm -hmm. so just through education and helping my clients find the best loan product that's going to make sense for them, not put them in a bad position, and then educating listing agents on why my client's offer is so strong and that's helping everybody and puts them in a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds great. It's, you know, like I said, it's it's definitely a seller's market, but I think, um, and, and such a competitive market where, you know, houses are just on in a, sometimes don't even get listed <laughs> and and they're already sold or they have you know multiple offers on them so it's just been an interesting time to see how um things have shifted over the last year in the in the real estate market um Justin you and Christine are very generous supporters of of the EOD Warrior Foundation and you not only volunteer your time but you provide sponsorships to various uh, events and activities that we do. And you also like to share the good work that we do, which we appreciate very much. Um, why why is our organization so important to you and Christine? Well, the EOD family means a lot to me and to Christine. Um, they've helped me through a lot, um, through hard times. And, and so... It just means a lot to me and, and to my wife to, to give back. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter Libby had a stroke when she was two months old, and we sought out some non-traditional treatments for her and found an amazing therapy program that we felt would really benefit her. And unfortunately, it wasn't covered by insurance. And so we swallowed our pride and we asked for help, and the EOD community just blew us away with their support and the foundation was there to help us. And we were able to put her through this therapy and it's, it's just had a tremendous effect on her and really improved her quality of life. So that just really was a catalyst for me to 
when I got to a point where I could give back, that was my goal was to, to support the foundation as much as possible. Yeah. It's awesome. And, um, she is, she is a thriving little girl and she's beautiful and, and her, her older brother is just as cute. (laughs) So they're, they're really sweet kids. Um, and we're glad that she, we're glad, we're so glad that the therapy worked, Justin. That's, that's really cool. Um, well, you expressed to me that you have always had a dream of being a philanthropist. And while that may seem um, kind of uh, out of the box in some, in some instances, um, how, are you, how are you tracking that dream? And do you have an end goal for that, Justin? Um, yeah, so it came about as a, you know, realization while I was going through voc rehab that, you know, I really wanted to be able to give back. And when I told them that I wanted to be a philanthropist, they actually laughed at me. And so that was like really motivating for me, um, to set up goals with my career that would put me in a position to where I, I can, help people in my current position has, has just allowed me to help people in ways that I like hadn't even imagined. So, you know, I'm able to give back now and I'm able to help people. So I think I'm, I am on track to, to reach my goal. Um, one of my end goals is to be able to retire and I'd actually like to run, um, a nonprofit that I, that will help veterans get together, um, go outside, camp, do, overland adventures similar to our trip to Mongolia because that was, it really had some healing qualities about it. So I want to share that with with other people and also still support the EOD Warrior Foundation. So I think right now I'm, I'm on track doing that. And the more people I can help in my current position, the more I'm able to, to give back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well... It's important to give back in in any capacity, and I think, um, you know, retirement looks different for everyone. But if you if you have a plan, and helping people is one of those plans after you retire, that's that's a win win for both sides. I think it's good for your soul, and it's and you're helping somebody else. So that's awesome. <laughs> um, well, I know we talked a little bit about what the EOD family means to you, Justin, and um, here at, at the foundation, we always say the EOD family is for life. And what does that expression mean to you? It means a lot. You know, I spent a short part of my life as an active EOD tech, but the community, you know, they've embraced my family and I with a lot of love and support. A lot of my closest friends are EOD, and I know they'll always be there for me, and I'm always there for them. Uh, the community has really supported my business. Uh, 75% of my clients are, are EOD, and I love that I'm able to be there for them and that they trust me to help them. So the family has just been amazing to me, and uh, yeah, it'll always, always hold a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, do you have any any words of wisdom or advice uh, to share with military members who are thinking about separating from the service or even at the stage of retirement? Do you have any anything you'd like to share with them? Yeah, I think it's super important while you're in to seek out a, a great mentor. That's one thing I regret that I didn't do. But when it comes time to either separate or retire, it's 
really important to have a plan, but to still be flexible because things are going to change. Um, you may think you want to do a job and you get out there and you, you just don't like it. Um, I did learn that it's important to try to job shadow. So before you just jump in at first, you know, try to do what I did and seek out somebody that'll allow you to come to work with them and see what their job is all about. I also think it's important that you find something that like you enjoy doing on a day-to-day -day basis and that gives you a sense of purpose. Once you separate from the military, that's lacking. So when you're in the service, you, you have a goal, you have a mission to accomplish, and that you know goes away the, the day you get out you can wake up and do whatever you want and it's easy to to get lost and, and to get distracted there's the allure of you know making a lot of money but i think it's important to find a fulfilling job and focus um, focus on that and that's going to help your transition mm -hmm. thank you for that and how can a military member or their family um, get in touch with you and get honest and straightforward advice on uh, the mortgage lending process. So the two ways that somebody can get a hold of me are either email me at justin at eodhomebuying.com or call me or text me. My number is 815-908-9363. I am available at Odd hours, and I'm super accommodating to to people's schedules. Um, I realize that you know people usually want to get advice and, and reach out for help when they're off of work. So my hours are are flexible, and I'm super easy to get a hold of. Mm -hmm. I I pride myself on being straightforward in ensuring that my clients know everything there is to know about the process, and that they walk away at the closing feeling confident that they were well taken care of. Mm -hmm. And so people can, you know, know that when they call me, I'm going to give them honest feedback, like you mentioned, and really coach them through the process and make sure like, you know, they are taken care of. Uh, my wife and I have set up this resource called EOD Home Buying that links up EOD affiliated agents across the country. So somebody that's in the market to buy a house or has PCS orders can call me. I'll get them situated with, with financing and coach them through that aspect of the process, but I'll also be able to link them up with a realtor that is affiliated with EOD, whether that be an active or former tech or their spouse, and they can work with them knowing that they have something in common and that they have their best interest in mind. Very cool. Well, just to, um, circle up just a little bit. Um, you also help other military families as well. It's not just strictly EOD. Am I correct in that? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'm here for all veterans, mm -hmm. um, civilians, family members. I can help out anybody anywhere in the country with financing. Very cool. All right. Well, that sounds great. And thank you for all that you do, Justin. That's fantastic. Um, well, I have enjoyed talking to you, but before I let you go, I always like to ask what some of your favorite things are, Justin. So um, are you ready for that? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. All right. What is your favorite way to unwind? I really love driving. So uh, I spend a lot of time 
jumping in my truck and and cruising through the Texas Hill Country. I love road trips um, or just jumping into a good book. Okay, cool. Um, well, do you have a favorite place in Texas that you guys go as a family? We are trying to go to every state park. Is that so, right? Uh-huh. Uh, yes, it's been it's been fun. You know, there are some that are are not so good, but some that are amazing <laughs> that we'd like to go back to. But there's other ones that we have to get to, and so we have a state park book, and we just go and um, camp and cross mm-hmm. them off as we go. So awesome! It's a lot of fun. That's cool. How about your favorite season of the year? I gotta say summer. I love the summer um, because I love camping. I love to spend time on the water and, and road trips, and that just uh, season allows us to do that. Although it's ungodly hot in Texas sometimes, but you know we just find a good river to tube down, and I just I love it. And a good good cottonwood tree to to put your tent up. That's Under. right. <laughs> um, how about? Do you have a favorite book that you read to your children? Yeah. So my son gets on a kick where he just likes to read the same book over and over. But I really like reading them. It's an older book that my parents read to me, but it's called Blue Bell and the Runaway Balloon. And I really enjoy it because it has multiple endings. And so as you're going through the book, the kids can choose between one option or the other and then whatever they choose will dictate what happens at the end of the book so it's it's a fun interactive book oh i like that i did not i uh, well i didn't have an opportunity to read that book to my kids but um maybe in the future for grandchildren that'll be cool (laughs) i'll add that to my add that to my library at home um how about your favorite style of music justin gotta go with country i love country music uh I used to listen to a grown-up with my dad, so mm-hmm. um, it's, yeah. it's nice. My favorite artist, Randy Travis, so it just uh, takes me to a happy place. Yeah, cool. I like Randy Travis, too. And so do you like um, the classic country, or do you like today's country? What's your, or do you have a mixture of both? I prefer 80s and 90s country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's classic now, Justin. <laughs> I know it. Oh, man. <laughs> um, how about a favorite uh, quote or author? All right, favorite quote. Um, this comes from Abraham Lincoln, and he once said, I'm a success today because I had a friend who believed in me, and I didn't have the heart to let him down. Oh. Um, I really like that. And... I've studied Abraham Lincoln since I was a a young boy. Um, So one of my favorite authors is Carl Sandburg. He wrote a great Lincoln biography. And so I just enjoy his writings. And, you know, I named my son after Abraham Lincoln. Oh. So, um, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. It's all it's all connecting. I'm connecting all the dots now, Justin. <laughs> all right, one last one. How about a favorite movie? I really enjoy Saving Private Ryan or you know World War II documentaries. That era just really intrigues me. That generation of people are just like unbelievable, hardworking, um, just fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And then think of Close Seconds, Dumb and Dumber. Okay. <laughs> well, it sounds like, like you're a history. So disappointed in me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it sounds like you're a history buff, huh? I do. I enjoy it. Um, I have quite the collection of Civil War books and, and 
all kinds of books on Abraham Lincoln. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Justin, it has been so cool to talk to you today, and I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule of helping people to talk with me, and I look forward to sharing your interview with with our listeners um, and wish you and your beautiful family the very best, and you know, I look forward to continuing to stay in touch. Well, thank you so much for having me on here. It's been great to share my story. Um, and I just look forward to helping more people and, and definitely doing some more work with the foundation. Sounds wonderful, Justin. You have a great weekend. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more, please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.